0: This is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show, just various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guests. So I'd like to introduce my guests today, authors Leslie Hatchtell and Nikki Brock. And I hope I pronounced that right. So welcome, ladies, to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Oh, it's lovely to meet you. And you're both in America. So you're in, I believe, Leslie, you're in Florida and Nikki, you're in Tennessee. Yes, that's right. Good. Fantastic. So Leslie, we'll start with you because I know we, we've, we've kind of been in touch, haven't we? So tell us about some of your books.
2: Okay, I'm, I have 16 published romances. Wow. Um, a combination of romantic suspense and historical and historical paranormal. And most of the historical are British <laughs> because I love British history.
0: Wonderful. And
2: right now I'm working on a sequel to one of the romantic suspense and a uh, time travel book that's so gonna which... be set in Scotland.
0: In Scotland. So do you have a connection to the UK, maybe family or uh, is it just your love of, of, of the history? That we Just really love
2: have. of history uh, and just love everything. I started with Elizabeth the First and expanded from there. And everything about British history to me is fascinating.
0: And have you been over to the UK? Have you been visiting these places that you've written about?
2: I have. Um, I, I actually wanted to stay and work, but I couldn't get a visa or a work permit. But I, I love England. I love London. I loved everything about it.
0: And can you? A little you cold
2: maybe, though. A little it's cold very cold. It's very very cold, a lot
0: colder than Florida. So yeah. can you can you maybe name some titles that some of our audience and our and our listeners that might know might recognize?
2: Um, the uh, I have a dance series, The Dream Dancer, and it goes. It's it's four books, and then I have a Morocco series, which is actually about women from the UK who are kidnapped and have to serve the Sultan and then have to escape.
0: So. Ooh. So Nikki, so you're in Tennessee and your books are Smoking Secrets and Bets and Black, is that right? Bets and Black books. So what's the genre? What are they about? Tell our listeners. They are romantic suspense.
1: There will be four. Uh, Two are done. I'm working on the third. And the series is called Vices. So the books center around vices. The first one is Smoking. The second one is gambling. The third will be about drinking. And the fourth will be about prostitution. Wow. So that is, those elements are plot points. And the heroes are four men who grew up together in a small town in Kentucky, whose major revenue source is tobacco farming. And it is based on a small town that my mother grew up in that is still um, reliant a lot on tobacco farming and the ancillary businesses that look after the tobacco farmers, tractor supply and and that kind of thing. Um, And how there's always been a tension between people who raise tobacco and the idea that smoking is bad for your health People are constantly trying to quit. Um, There's just this tension that I was fascinated by because it seems like everybody understands this, but in a tobacco farming community, the elephant in the room is,
0: it's a vice. And people really shouldn't be partaking in this. And And also there was well for those small communities, it's uh, their bread and water, isn't it?
2: Yes, Um, exactly.
0: exactly i mean i used to work for a large tobacco company and i'm fully aware of these um oh you know, that these places exist and it is it's, it's they just don't see it the same as we do because it's their it's their living it's they employ family and they keep on going with it don't they
1: yes they do um the hero of my first book is a 10th generation uh, tobacco farmer yeah yeah and he it's is all they condition. know it's all they know it's all they know um, but he decided he wanted to become a doctor. And the dichotomy of that is um, this character is actually based on a real person that my husband knew when he was training in medical school, a surgeon who uh, is the heir to one of the great tobacco fortunes here in the United States, who told his parents he wanted to become a doctor. And they were absolutely
0: horrified because. You wanted to break yeah. away from, from that kind sort of industry. Wow. Exactly. So so let's go to you, Leslie. How did you both meet? So obviously you're both romance writers. So there's got to be a connection there. So how did you both meet?
2: We actually made a meeting for romance writers. It was a chapter <laughs> meeting. And we talked a little bit. And we, uh, the group went out to lunch after that. And we sat together and um, we've been friends ever since. And that was, what, 10 years ago?
0: So I was was. going to say, obviously, it wasn't recently then because of COVID. It was was a retreat or something, was it? Because if you're in Florida and you're in Tennessee. I was in
2: Tennessee. I just moved to Florida a couple of years ago. So I lived in Tennessee for years.
0: Wonderful.
1: Uh, I called you by the wrong name at one point, Leslie, and I think it was a bit off-putting. You were sitting next to me. and (laughs) I'm terrible with names. I really am. Everybody loves that. And I think I called you Heather or something, and you looked at me like, how could you possibly have forgotten my name? I just said it <laughs> a minute
0: ago. That's easily done, isn't it? So easily done. See, my exactly. I, I have two first names. I'm Karen Kelly. I, can't, I, I would be a millionaire if I had a pound for everyone that called me Kelly. <laughs> so let's talk about Love in the Mix, a cookbook for romance readers, which is a great title, isn't it? So, Nikki, tell us about how it all came about.
1: It was all Leslie.
0: How it was, was it? her
1: idea. <laughs> she uh, got to thinking about it. And so
2: I'm gonna turn the story over to you, Les.
0: Come on then Leslie, how-, how did it all begin?
2: Well, it started, we were part of an organization and years ago they used to have a book signing that benefited pro-literacy. And the organization dropped that for some reason. It sort of fell by the wayside. And during the pandemic toward, um, it was about going on a year ago, I guess, I started, I I was feeling really grateful for all the things that I had and all the, you know, even with the pandemic, all these other people had all these other problems that I didn't and I wanted to give back. And I thought one of the things I was most grateful for was the ability to read. And there are a lot of people who can't.
0: Yeah, and and the one thing that I definitely did and I know a lot of people did was increase their reading during lockdown. They yes. lose themselves. I've read so many books because there's nothing else to do.
2: <laughs> yes. yes. And and if you don't have that gift, then, and and reading, I mean, you can go anywhere. You can be hang out with anyone, time travel and, and adventure and, and everything. And I thought about people who don't have that ability. Yes. And so it sort of all came together. And I thought, oh, an anthology, but then I thought maybe a cookbook. And then I thought, but it would have to be different to attract to you know there've been though that has been done already so i thought well, i happen to know that romance readers especially are big fans and they want to know about the authors they they would love to hear about an author's history or background or something personal and it sort of all coalesced and then i called Nikki and said hey what are you doing for the next oh, six, eight, 10 months <laughs> <laughs>
0: and what Not were you nice. doing Nikki
1: at the time well I was working on the book uh staying home a lot and I live in a very poor community um and one in 14 people in the city I live in uh read below the sixth grade level mm-hmm. and so I see a, uh I see people who Low, low re- see low readers, um, low ability readers a lot, and I thought that Leslie's idea was just spot on.
0: Yeah, perfect opportunity before. for you then, wasn't it?
1: Exactly, uh, and Pro Literacy is a very large, powerful organization, and they were not getting the funding from romance writers that they had been, and. Leslie called me and said, what do you think? And I said, I think it would be lots of fun Um, and love recipes. Lots of people are staying home and cooking more than they used to. Um, And I thought it was great. So we started sending out emails and got these great recipes from all these wonderful writers, things that their family had made for years and came with, with great stories that were connected to them. Um, and it just turned into a real labor of love for both of us.
0: And what's amazing is because we have the internet, we have the social media sites. It's so easy now to contact contact everybody, isn't it?
1: It really you know, is. The celebrity
0: status could be really, really high, be anything, but we can contact these people now and ask that question. Go back years ago, it would be really difficult to make that yes. that connection, wouldn't it? So, did you find that everybody you contacted wanted to jump on board? no (laughs) no no how how rude
2: how rude i know well some people had their own issues um it was interesting because i don't know what do you think maybe like a third of the people we contacted don't cook um one pretty famous author said leslie i don't cook i warm
0: (laughs) or they ding ding i call them ting ting ding ding in the microwave
2: (laughs) (laughs) my <laughs> microwave, they'd be in trouble. So a lot of people don't cook anymore. They've lost the art of cooking. It's because frozen food and takeout and everything is so accessible, so
0: convenient. Yeah.
2: But two thirds of the authors that we contacted, when you say, were, enthusiastic. yeah, that's that's a good number, right?
0: And what's beautiful is you have got some fantastic recipes in there. And obviously, because Christmas is around the corner, I was really drawn to a lot of the Christmas recipes. So let's just go through through some of the books um, and some some of the authors and some of the uh, recipes. Uh, I haven't got the book in front of me. I know you sent me um, electronically the PDF. The first one is obviously you've got chapter one, you've got breakfast and then you've got uh, appetizers and, and mains and desserts. So under breakfast, you've got Graham's Sour Cream Coffee Cake by, is it Kristen Higgins? Yes. Uh, and she's a New York Times best-selling author. So um, have you made this recipe at all? Have you attempted any of your recipes?
1: <laughs> I did. I made uh, the coffee cake and uh, pro tip. If the recipe calls for a bunt pan, don't make it in a jello
0: mold. Because- Both of those have gone over my head. What did the recipe okay. ask for? What was the first pan? A, a pan, bunt pan? Um, i
2: B-U-N-T-T.
1: I'm sure you, you have an equivalent in Great Britain. It is shaped like a donut. Uh, it's got right. a hole in the middle and it's scalloped. And so, when you unmold it, you've got something that looks kind of like a wreath.
0: Ah, um, lovely. Yes. Yes. I'm not that much of a fantastic baker, but yes, I okay. do know what you mean. I've never yeah. used one. So what did you uh, use as an alternative then? I Nikki? used a
1: jello mold. And so it's, it's similar yes, in am. shape, except it's uh, the diameter is smaller and it's deeper. It's the same principle, except it's, it was too deep. And so I poured the batter in and put it in, cook, you know, baked it for the appropriate amount of time at the appropriate temperature. When I took it out, about two thirds of the way through baking, I realized what I had done. And I didn't have a bunt pan. I think I went through and, and ditched a bunch of cooking uh, utensils that I didn't need. And in a fit of trying to organize, I got rid of the bunt pan. So I used this and when I took it out, uh, it was crispy on the top and raw in the middle. So I couldn't really bake it anymore without completely ruining it more than it was. So I just decided I'm gonna turn it out onto a plate and I'm gonna try it, raw in the middle or not. And it collapsed and um, thought, okay, it's predominantly, it's had a lot of cinnamon in it. And I'm not a big cinnamon person, but I cut into it, and it was just absolutely delicious. And my husband, who's a big sweet eater too, I gave him a piece, and I was eating, saying, "This is absolutely delicious." And my husband is a smart aleck, and he said, "Yes, it really is." And just imagine how good it's going to taste when it's actually cooked.
0: <laughs> there you go. When well, you've got to, take, I would take that. I would take that compliment. I would definitely take it, yeah. Kristen. If you're
1: listening, um, it's a great recipe, and I can't wait. to Test it with your right
0: equipment. Wonderful. So, also, okay. Leslie, uh, another Christmas recipe I picked out all the Christmas ones. Of course, perfect time of year is make-ahead French toast. Now, I love French toast. I, but I would make it really, really quickly. um But this one is a. Del- it just sounds luxurious, doesn't it? By yeah. is it Rayanne Tyne or how do you pronounce her name? Right? Rayanne.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. this the recipe you've tried? Have you tried making this? luxury french toast
2: yeah the nice thing is that you can make it the day before and and one of the things that nikki and i were talking about when we were gonna try these recipes is i'm allergic to everything oh so that's no good i know so but what's nice about these recipes is that you can change make changes for allergies like the sour cream coffee cake recipe you can you can be gluten-free There's a part in it that you can use gluten-free flour and some of the other ones, there's now you can substitute uh, lactose-free milk or there's um, sour cream made out of tofu. So just because you have food allergies doesn't mean you you can't use these recipes, which is nice. So a lot of the recipes I had to modify a little bit because of the allergies, but they still came out great.
0: So we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis, and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease, and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage, when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service, which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers, and employers. For more information, visit their website everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk Oh, welcome back to the show where we're talking to Leslie Hatchtell and Nikki Brock about their fabulous book, Love in the Mix, a cookbook for romance readers. The next recipe I picked out, I wouldn't quite say it was a Christmas recipe. It's by Kath McDavid. And this is a potato crust quiche. But what I loved about this, you might be able to relate to this. I certainly can. Is that she was pretty much stuffing her face at the the kitchen sink out of a Tupperware dish. (laughs) And that really caught my attention, because when you're a mum on the go and you're really busy, that's sometimes the only time you've got to eat, isn't it? But I love that. And I think her husband caught her eating yes. um, and this is uh, just a you know, great recipe from the go. So that's a potato crust quiche by by Kath McDavid. Um, and another one which which I love, um, which caught my attention is The Heavenly Hash by Terry Wilson. Um, and she's an author where some of her books have been uh, made into movies on the Hallmark Channel. That's something that at Christmas time here on all yes. Christmas 24, all the different channels and Hallmark, You know, we are familiar with those movies. So I loved to listen to her recipe, which is the Heavenly Hash. So have you tried making this one at all and what's involved?
2: I haven't tried it. Have you, Nikki?
1: Uh, Not her particular recipe, but I have made Heavenly Hash before. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, she was saying that her cousins were principal dancers in the Houston ballet. So they would go at Christmas time, watch the Nutcracker and then go home and have this lovely heavenly hash how lovely is that i love the fact that they've got these little background stories to them as well they uh, that's one of the the really i think fun parts about this cookbook is the stories
1: that 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 go with them yeah
0: because i mean you're getting the recipe but you're getting a whole lot more as well aren't you and then moving on to um the main dishes which was perfect for christmas again one pan salmon and Brussels sprouts by gemma gemma Broccato, is it
2: Gemma
0: Bricado, yes. 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 This is a bit of a weird recipe, though, actually, with vinegar and maple syrup and bacon. Um, <laughs> no. I'm not quite sure. I mean, we have brussels sprouts with, um, you know, bacon. We cut them in bacon for flavor because they're not for everybody, are they? But I've not had quite done, with, done them with the salmon as well. But it's something different to try.
1: It right. really is. I've got some salmon. I think I'll try that one. I am. Um, Gemma Mercado writes books uh, that often are food centers. Yes, food-centered and so um I don't know if that's a recipe from one of her books but I wouldn't be
2: surprised if it is yeah it could be and and the thing if you watch shows like Top Chef they're always mixing the the savory with the sweet, with the sweet. so yeah they seems to be the rage now doesn't it mm-hmm. yes it does and it's I mean it's, when you've tried those yeah it works great but when you look at it like those yeah, when you think
0: about they, it, yes, yeah, you've got to try nah, it before you buy but then it. You, yes. Yeah, you take it, it's
2: like,
0: <laughs> this is great, yeah. Leslie, let's go back to you then. Prior to you being an author, you used to be a, a horseback riding instructor and you're also a vet. A vet tech. I was a technician, yes. Oh, a vet tech. So tell us about your life as a vet tech. And um, you used to teach horseback riding to disabled children.
2: And adults. And the thing about the... It was probably the best job I ever had. Uh, when you ride a horse, it mimics natural walking. It tells your brain you're walking. So for those people who can't use their legs, they can sit in a horse, and their brain thinks that they're walking, and so they Amazing, get all the. Isn't it? Yeah, it is, and you see see all these disorders that were you know and 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 things that people would think were insurmountable and you put them on a horse and they become completely different people. They, it, it, it expands their universe. And um, a lot of people were very worried about, you know, horses are big and they're scary, Yeah, but they would get on the horse and, and they would lean over and, and stroke the horse's neck. And it was in, it was like watching somebody fall in love.
0: Well, there's was, lots of horse therapies, isn't there as well? So you can quite believe that, can't you? And is it true that horses would be aware that that person are, uh, my you know, has a disability?
2: Story, my favorite story was I had a student and, and um, usually I taught from the ground, but she was very advanced. So I asked them to bring me a horse to ride. So they brought me a horse. And this horse was, you would think that it was on its last legs most of the time with the students, it would just sort of drag around. At, which is perfect for the students. I got on the horse and it was like the horse knew I could ride. And all of a sudden, the horse is like,
0: it yeah, was a, come alive. They're really in tune. At least it's beautiful. Yeah, creatures. So they,
2: they would adjust. The horses would adjust to the student. And as the student progressed, so would the horse. And the horse would give them more. It was an amazing thing to watch. I loved uh, every minute of it.
0: Oh, that's just beautiful. And Nikki, you used to be, now I've got here, a singer and dancer and waiter. And you even put at one time, all at the same time. Now was that after alcohol? Uh, (laughs) hmm. No, but it would have been interesting to try alcohol. Uh, You've had too many of those rumbles by Nina Crespo. (laughs) That's another recipe. Exactly.
1: Um, I actually didn't sing and dance. I sang while I delivered food, but I actually didn't dance except for the one time I slipped in a, a pile of grease and oh. that was, you know, a high kick and then landed on my rear. And of course the spaghetti went went everywhere. And I got a I got a standing ovation. So I guess Pretty that was good, Pretty is good. <laughs> while we're delivering food. Yes. Um, it was a dinner theater that I worked in, and we were sort of the warm-up act in addition to being the waiters and the waitresses. It was one of the most fun jobs I ever had,
0: ever. And you've also done quite a, uh, a few public speaking uh, presentations as well. Tell us about those.
1: Well, I, um, I went to graduate school in communication, and while I was there, I was a teaching assistant for the full professors, that I was studying under and there were undergraduate courses that were taught by the graduate students. Uh, this is quite common at larger universities where there is a graduate school population and undergraduate. So I taught public speaking um, almost every quarter that I was in graduate school and it was it was great fun. It certainly is not, was not as dramatic as, as horses and people coming alive as far as you know, uh, progressing, but you, I did see students who you know, started out barely being able to put a sentence together at the beginning of the course to being able to stand up in front of a group at a podium and deliver a seven minute speech.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? And it that's must be amazing. great to see them grow, have that confidence. Yes, yes.
1: yes it really was.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Okay then, so loving the Mix, when was it launched and how has how was the public reacted?
1: It There's just been um, an amazing response to it. People just, this kind of thing resonates, I think so well with, with people and so, Sales have been great. Pro Literacy is very excited. Um, And we're just overjoyed at the response that we have gotten.
0: So is this your first collaboration? Do you think as a result now that you maybe will do more together? We
1: had discussed, as far as collaboration and cookbooks, I don't know. We have to take a break from that, I think. (laughs) We have talked about collaborating on a, a fiction book. Yeah. Leslie and I have very different styles and we have, well, I speak for you too. I think we've, we've pondered how we would, we would combine our different styles because they are very different. And we thought about telling a story that, you know, took place in the past and took place in the present. And one chapter was written by me and one chapter was written by her. Um, but written started- by the
0: same character though. But different yes. writers. Yeah, that, yes. would be dif- that would be difficult, wouldn't it? It
1: is difficult. It, it, yes, very difficult. Um, it, we would have to either compromise on our styles or develop
2: a, a two-person point of view. We collaborate, you know, I mean, on our books. It's like we bounce ideas off each other and um, we read each other's work. And so that's a collaboration. It's just not the same kind.
0: Yeah, no, it's wonderful that you've met each other, and, and you know it's lovely that you get on so well, and you've done this book together. Oh, well, ladies, it's been so fabulous talking to you today. I wish you all the best with the book for our listeners. If you can tell us where we can get the book from, because it's going to make a fabulous Christmas present, and all the proceeds obviously go into Pro Literacy. So fire away as many social media sites as you can mention.
2: It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Kobo. Um... And it's, there are more, it's on all major sites. And if you just plug in the name, all the sites are available.
0: And if we can't, if people can contact you on their social media pages, uh, they can maybe ask any questions about the recipes on there.
2: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
1: So absolutely. can I just
0: chat Leslie, for our, for our audience, can you spell your name and just, you know, make sure we've got the correct social media sites? Cause it isn't a name you'd, you'd probably guess right.
2: I, I know my husband keeps saying we should change it. <laughs> <laughs> too late. It's uh, L-E-S-L-I-E. And my last name is hatchtel H-A-C-H-T-E-L. And my website is lesliehatchel.com. And if you put my name in, all my sites will come up.
0: Um, With all your fabulous novels. And how about you, Nikki? (laughs) you want to share your social media sites as well?
1: Uh, My website is NikkiBrock.com, N-I-K-K-I-B-R-O-C-K. And if you put my name in, Just like Leslie, all of my social media sites will pop up. Facebook, Instagram, everything.
0: Wonderful. Well, I really wish you all the best with the book and all the best to pro-literacy as well. And have a great great. Christmas.
2: You too. Thank you, you. You too. Thank you for
0: having us. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email, karenindakelly at btinternet.com.